listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. Welcome inside to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have physical therapist and assistant athletic trainer for the Atlanta Falcons, Jamal. Jamal, welcome in. Hey, thank you, Chase. Thanks for having me. All right. Jamal, why don't you give people a little bit of background and introduction of who you are? Uh, again, I'm Jamal Randall, PTAT I'm with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama. I attended the University of Mobile um, it's a small NAIA school for athletic training. And then I went on to um, University of Alabama State um, for physical therapy. Gotcha. And so what kind of got you involved in physical therapy? And did you know that you wanted to do sports as, as your career or did that come on later in your, your PT journey? Uh, it actually started pretty early. And I, and I forgot to mention, I started at a uh, community college, Bishop State Community College, as a physical therapy assistant. I, To be honest, I dove into physical therapy via my first job as a uh, transporter for a hospital back at home. So I was like 18. I was a transporter. I went in at the evening shift. And whenever, whenever I would get there at two o'clock, man, PT would be busy. So uh, we would transport patients back and forth to physical therapy. And that's how I got started. Um, started there, um, learned a lot from the therapists that were working in the hospital at the time and and definitely got a good insight on the true feel of physical therapy before I even started school. Right. And then um, after, you know, you went through PT school, uh, what else did you kind of do? Did you start working in outpatient or how did you kind of walk us through your journey to getting to where you are now? Yeah, post Alabama State, you know, I had a great education there, man. It was phenomenal. I was with the class, man, of of some brilliant therapists, man. It was it was it was a joy to uh, attend ASU um, for PT school. After that, I started um, working at a um, clinic in Jackson, Alabama. It was Health Actions. I was doing a little PT AT um, again in the South, man. Football is huge, so I was working football primarily uh, for at a high school doing some um, some outreach there with, with the clinic and then doing some PT um, for most of my time. Then from, from there, I went on to um, another physician on clinic. And then I ventured on to um, a manual therapy clinic as well. And, I, and in the meantime, man, I, you know, did some skilled nursing, you know, some to make some extra dollars on the side, skilled nursing, hospital. And so that was my journey, you know, until I... Um, had the opportunity to um, land a position with the Falcons, which I was able to do that as an undergrad. I did internship as a athletic trainer with the Cleveland Browns. And so met some connections there. Uh, Marty Lozon was a um, head athletic trainer with the Browns and moved on to the um, Atlanta Falcons. So uh, just made some connections and here I am now. Gotcha. Um, and so how long have you been with the Falcons now for? Uh, this is my sixth season. Gotcha. Um, and so kind of, you don't have to give you know, super specific details, but how is the uh, Falcons, uh, you know, sports medicine department divided? You know, let's say a, play a, a position or a player gets injured 
And uh, how do you determine, you know, who, where rehab is, is done if it's the athletic trainer or if it's like PT? I know you kind of operate as both, um, but specifically for rehab, how do you guys kind of d- divvy that up? You know, uh, depending on, on the extent, you know, if it's if it's some something significantly long term, I'm pretty much with all of the long term guys, you know. But if it's just a classic ankle sprain, you know, I I typically um, oversee most of the rehabs as it relates to um, short term or long term. But again, it depends. You know, uh, we try not to, you know bicker and bargaining over who works with who, you know, but as the schedule goes on throughout the day, you know, I try to have majority of the interactions with the guys, you know, there's a systematic approach when it comes to pro sports. Of course, they'll see the, they'll see the doc, see the head athletic trainer. um, And, you know, we're all involved. It's, it's, it's great because um, we're able to work with our head team physician and, and, you know, the strength coaches and all that stuff. So, so it's a collaborative effort, but I would say I'm, I'm pretty much with them majority of the time as it relates to their, their, um, their rehab, but, you know, throughout the day modalities and things of that nature, or, you know, if, if someone needs a alter G run or, you know, get in the pool, you know, we could, we, we pretty much split up those um, responsibilities. Gotcha. So I, I want to go back a little bit in your journey. So you said that you were, you know, working outpatient a little bit, you were working, um, you worked in a skilled nursing facility. And so what were some of the things that, you know, whether in school or even after school that helped you think helped prepared you best to, you know, work in professional sports? I think, I think all of it, you know, because, you know, most people think pro sports, there's like this utopia um, feeling of, okay, it's just, you know, everybody's healthy and everybody's, you know, th- their ability to return in two days is, 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 is a, uh, is a goal, but, you know, as far as the body is the same, man, I mean, you know, and for me being able to work in a hospital, work in outpatient, things of that nature, you learn a lot. I mean, working in the hospital, you learn about basic vital signs, you know, O2 sats, things of that nature, you know, blood pressures and all these norms on lab values and things of that nature, because you have to assess that those things before you can able maybe to get a patient out of bed. So you need to know, you know, how's the INR and all that stuff before the, before you get them up. And, and, and from an outpatient level, you know, you just see so many different people and injuries, you know, from, depending on insurance, you know, the patient may not be able to see an OT. So you may have to see, you may have to see a hand um, one day, you know, evaluate a, a, a tendon rupture of a, of a finger or something like that. So I think all of it helps out because in sports, you know, it's for me, and this is just, you know, my personal opinion, it's, it's primarily orthopedics, you know, and if you know orthopedics and anatomy and, and, and neuro, it all helps also. But I say that to say having all of those avenues has kind of helped me out as a clinician on a professional level uh you know i was saying at the at the pro sports level it's it's like just basically higher level orthopedics you know just you're preparing them for a much you know higher level situations that they have to return to um what are some of the things like i guess one of the biggest differences you've noticed you know when you were working in your outpatient orthopedics clinic versus you know working in pro sports uh, of course the autonomy is different you know with with outpatient you know there's a lot of um, you know, we'll say rules and things you have to follow, you know, for as depending on the physician, do you, do you receive your patient from an ortho physician or is it, 
is it just a general physician? So the 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 landscape of how you how you you know how you evaluate the patient and what's expected is different depending on the um, the physician that you receive the patient from, and also to the you know the the insurance is different you know for as you know some patients may only have thirty visits per year to to you know if they have an ACL they may only have a proof of thirty visits per year or things of that nature. So that's that's um, the big difference, I would say, the autonomy and the 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 logistics of it, of of you know the paperwork from like if you're doing a Medicare evaluation, of course that's different from Blue Cross to Cigna and all of those things of that nature. So um, those are the those are the the primary um, I would say differences for me, and also the um, the population, you know, of course. So you know you're seeing a much younger population uh, on an average. And again, the the comorbidities are, are less. The you know the prior level of function is higher. So all of those things are different. But most importantly, I'm gonna say most importantly, probably the logistics and the, the right the building. Um, and so things. you know you're working with these very high level athletes who have been around you know medical providers their whole life. You know through college, even through high school. Um, you know when you're coming in contact with a new athlete, let's say they're new to the team, they you know, they just got signed or traded. How do you kind of build that, that buy-in, that trust with someone that's completely new? Um, especially, you know, if they've had like a bad experience with a past athletic trainer or a past PT. I think, I, I mean, I go back to working in a hospital and, and, and outpatient, you know, where you have to build that rapport. You know, you, you meet, I'm meeting new people daily, almost um, in a sense, um, you know, and so you still keep that, that mindset, you know, although the the landscape is different, but you still keep that mindset on your 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 first impression, your your goals, you know, m- you know, make sure it's athlete centered and but not athlete athlete controlled. You know, you you you're kind of trying to find a find a fine line between those things, but but again, just establishing a rapport, just like I would do with someone that was, you know, new on my schedule from outpatient, you know, you, you definitely need to, you know, sell yourself, you know, uh, because it's the same, this, the outcomes are the same, you know, you have one patient that's outpatient that wants to get, get better, get better fast. They want to get better in a week. Same thing for the athlete, you know, because, you know, the, the, the patient on the outpatient, of course, they have co-pays and things of that nature. So, you know, they want to, they want to be able to get better, just as fast as the athlete. So, but the approach is the same, you know, you, you try to have a casual conversation with to get to know the person outside of the number or the, or the athlete, um, the athletic status, and then go from there and then just, but continue to build that relationship throughout the, throughout the year. Right. And so um, I kind of want to talk about a little bit um, what you mentioned earlier, you said that, you know, athletes and I mean, all patients want to get better faster. They don't want to really be in therapy. And I totally understand that. Um, so when that athlete, you know, who say is just tore, tore their ACL or they're having, a, they're gonna have a long-term rehab, how do you kind of like establish those, those time, that timeline, you know, this is where we're going to be here and here. How do you do that effectively so that, you know, when the rehab is not going as fast as they want, they're not like misguided. I think most importantly, just explaining the pathology, you know, the body is, 
you know, a meniscus is a, for for me, and this is my personal opinion. A meniscus is a meniscus, no matter if it's in a a twenty year old or thirty year old or you know, athlete fireman, you know. So explaining to the athlete, okay, this is what we have. You know, this is this is the graft choice. This is, you know, if you've had an ACL with a meniscus, okay, this is this is involved, okay, and this takes time. We can't we can't wait there because of this, you know, and and be be educating the athlete throughout the spectrum. And, 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 and I think it helps, you know, they, they'll, they'll learn, they'll learn the body. They'll learn, okay. Do we have a, you know, do we have a partial meniscectomy? Do we have repair? You know, do we have a hamstring graft? Do we have a patella tendon graft? You know, and they need to know those things, you know, you don't have to, you know, be, you know, super, you know, educated about the approach and, you know, uh, but you, they need to know. Okay, this is this is why we can only weight bear this percentage. Of, this is this is why we can't run at this particular time. It's not that you can't, but I always explain to my guys that the healing is the healing sets up the the outcome. You know, so if we can let these structures heal, you know, you've had surgery, but it's you're not you're not done healing. So we have to heal. But when when we reach those markers then we can do this. So just, just explaining them the, the, the path and it gets frustrated. You know, you spend five days a week, four or five days a week with an individual for, for months. And, and, you know, they don't want to hear the, the, <laughs> the redundance of, okay, yeah, we can't do this because of this, but, but just explain to them, you know, be educated. You know, there's all type of, um, you know, I'll pull my phone out, pull book, books out, you know, send them some things um, that I found online or, you know, through an article or something like that. Not, not the whole article, but say, Hey, coach, Hey, look, this is, this is why we're doing this. You know, this, this guy's in the same boat, you know, this, this person's in the same thing. So just trying to make, make them, you know, understand that they're not alone. It's a long process, but the beginning sets up the end. Right. Um, and so, you know, as that person's going through the continuum and you're explaining to to them like all right we get we start running here we're starting here and then you're starting to get them back into into playing shape right you're in that higher level rehab um healing is mostly done but we're trying to we're trying to get them back to you know for in your case you know get them prepared for repeated car crashes run into other human beings as fast as they can um what do you do or how have you prepared yourself or you know furthered your knowledge on how to make sure that those athletes are ready to go 100 percent back to um play uh return to play for especially in like the nfl i mean i think the first thing is knowing the task okay knowing what we have to do you know knowing the difference between a db versus a receiver d lineman um knowing the work capacity the you know the loads you know um and and knowing the beginning of, of what, what we're facing, which is good. You know, I, I, it's crazy. I had a chance to do some work, um, work hardening and work conditioning as a PT. And it was crazy. I was like, oh man, I can't wait till I'm done with this. <laughs> and it is crazy. And it is, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of coming back because I, if you look at the definition of work conditioning and work hardening, it, it's basically sports specific training. You know, you got to have that thought, you know, I've done, um, functional capacity evaluations to see if, if guys could, you know, if you could lift this box over your head 20 times or if you can lift 50 pounds over your head. And so in the same thing in that room, you know, I get the job description of what the guy or a female needs to do. Same thing for the athlete. You know, I get the job description or I, you know, working in football, I should 
pretty much no majority of the job description. And then we go from there. And then, you know, if the, once everything's clear about the physician, okay, we can do this. Then we start rolling and then we start breaking down those, those things. And I like to ask the guys a question. So like, you know, Hey, what, what do you think is going to be the most problematic? You know, is it going to be cutting? Is it getting out of your break or deceleration jumping, you know? And again, what do you think you're going to, you know, what do you think you're going to be fearful of? You know, you think you're going to, you know, you're going to be fearful of landing and tackling, you know, get, get building that rapport, watching, watching. We're, we're able to at a professional level to see, you know, watch practices and things of that nature. We have all the GPS stuff. And so building all that to set up for the road to uh, return to sport. Right. So I'm going to ask you a little bit more a football specific question. Um, you know, you kind of said you need to know the differences, like what the tasks for a DB versus a, you know, an offensive tackle, obviously, you know, they're doing two very different things. A defensive back is going pretty much backwards his the entire game versus exactly. an offensive tackle. So what are some things that you do to prepare, like you would do to prepare if they had the same injury, you know, offensive tackle versus a DB for like an AC, let's say an ACL tear. What are some things that you would kind of, yeah. ACL, yeah. So when, when we get, to, when we get to that point, you know, um, you know, you need to know, like, I watch a lot of the individual drills that they do because practice is, I would probably say it's pretty much similar on a college and professional level. You know, they typically start off with a warm up, you know, or some individual drills and they break the team and then it's back. But knowing and, and, and looking at those tasks prepares your rehab for the same. Now, the strengthening portion is, I would say, similar. You know, of course, a, a lot offensive linemen need a little bit more power, need a little bit more, uh, a little bit more stability than a DB. You know, outside of that, it's just really knowing what they do it and then incorporating it in a safe manner, but not too safe where you're you're hindering them. But you know, doing it correctly and and going through those tasks. But just just looking at practice, I look at practice, I look at film, watch the game. You know, we're watching games and and that's important. You know, I think a lot of maybe young therapists don't realize that, you know, you need to also know these, the, the task, you know, okay. You know, you're just not a professional sports trainer for football. No, you, there's individuals like a, a rehab from a, a kicker could be, you know, totally different from um, a receiver. So, you know, you need to really study and, and learn those tasks and, and talk to the athletes, you know, look at, uh, you know, do your research, you know, look at some of these these drills that they do at the combine during practice and things of that nature and, and put it all together and it, and it helps out. Yeah, I think I think your your point about, you know, preparing or watching and knowing what the athletes need to do, because um, I think we as PTs probably underprepare people a little bit, you know, in the, yeah. in the general outpatient world. Um, well, we, we, we underload patients. That's that's for sure. That's been, you know, research shown that. But we also probably underprepare people to get back to doing, um, you know, higher level activities, especially, you know, it's like, yeah, they can go run. Yeah. They can probably do a little bit of cutting, but that's very different than when you're playing pickup basketball and you're cutting and you're not really thinking about, Oh, I just need to go that's around right. these cones. So, you know, having those, those thoughts in mind is actually a really good you know thing to keep in mind when you're, when you're uh, rehabbing with and, athletes. and encouraging the athletes too. um, when you have that time, you know, like I think I think the offseason program is 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 phenomenal. You know, if the timing sets up for an injury, you know, let's say if a guy gets injured in the um let's say midseason or early season, um and they're ready to return during the offseason program, that's that's 
perfect because it's it's a good progressional um, group of activities that prepares the guys, and, it, and it's you know minimal competition. You know, guys are all professional athletes are always competing, no matter what. I mean, if it's just shooting the basketball in the locker room, we you know we're always competing. They're always competing. I meant to say, but um, but getting the athlete to when they have these times to be around and, or if, if like, if they're out, you know, we may be on the side mimicking some of those things, but again, to say like the off season program is a good way to get these guys ready for the season because it's a good, um, good prep, good prep tool for, um, for rehab. And, and again, the, the pace is a little different from the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now that you've been with the Falcons for six years, what is like, I guess, one common misconception that maybe you had or other people might have about professional sports or working in professional sports? Like, I'm sure you had some, you know, some perception of what it was, what it was like. But now that you've been in it for a while, what's something that's popped up that you didn't realize was there or wasn't there before? Um, I mean, it's a it's it's a job. I, I think that's that, you know, um, that's probably one of the, the main things that I think it's a mi- misconception or. In, in general, it's just it is a job, and you know, and there's a lot of people involved within that job, and so, and then there's a lot of people behind the athlete that's that's that wants that job. So, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, you know that that's that's the difference, you know, because you know we, you know, you you build relationships. Um, I mean, you, you get close to these. Guys. I mean, we're around these guys all day throughout the season. And so you get close to the guys and you, but ultimately have to realize it's a job, you know, and it's no different from, you know, well, it's a big difference, but it's the same principle. Like if you can't return to work at Walmart, you know, if you can't go back, they're probably not going to keep you, you know? So um, same, same principle there, you know, it's, it is a job, you know, or a, a career, if that makes any sense. It's the same thing as a PT, you know, you, you're working in a clinic, you call in two, three days and they're, they're going to be like, Hey, Chase, what's up, bro? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you left your patients hanging, you know, we, we need you to see X amount of people, you know, we need to make a decision. Same, same principle with pro sports. All right. Um, so I know you're in the off season right now, but I always like to ask this question, um, kind of walk us through a day in the life of what it's like to be you, um, let's say for a home game. Cause I'm sure it's very different, you know, what if it's a practice day or if it's the off season, but, you know, kind of walk us through what it's like to be you and what, what you go through in a, uh, for a home game. So I would start Saturday, I would say for a home game. So typically we go in, I miss like a half a day walkthrough day for the guys. After that's done, we, we head down to the team hotel. We're there to team hotel. And then we're, we're at the game. If it's a one o'clock game, we may show up at the stadium seven thirty, you know, eight the latest or whatever, you know, depending on what you got going on, um, you know, and then you go from there. So and it's then it becomes almost a regular day. Guys come in, you're doing a lot of maintenance care, you know, a lot of maintenance treatment, um, you know, trying not to be too aggressive with things, but just trying to get the guys ready, you know, and it's it's a maintenance whether it's you know, just some treatment, you know, whether it's a guy wants want to do some proprioceptive stuff, you know, toss a few tennis balls around with the with the synaptic goggles or something like that. You know, you're trying to get this this guy's ready um as 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 to the best of their ability and to the best of your ability. 
And, you know, then we, then the game starts, you know, we were covering the game, you know, praying no one gets hurt. And, and, you know, halftime, if there's, if there's an issue in the first half, you know, guys go in, they get checked out, things of that nature, you know, we're, we're communicating with guys, if guys that were hurt the previous week, if they're returning again, we're watching, you know, communicating with the staff. Okay. You know, how's this guy looking, you know, you know, trying to get a feel of the guy without overcrowding them, if that makes any sense. And, you know, uh, then after that, you know, it's the second half, you know, we finish up and hopefully, you know, if there's a few nicks and bruises or some minor injuries, the guys get assessed by the physician, we set them up for any imaging and things of that nature, if they need it, you know, uh, and then it's back to Monday. So it's, it's pretty, the, the game days are pretty, pretty simple, you know, um, pretty, pretty, I would say laid back for the most part, you know, um, and, but it's, and that's, that's, that's pretty much it, you know, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, and so in your six years with the Falcons, what has been your favorite memory or something that stuck out to you? Um, you know, it could be whether you're in the training room or, you know, game day moment, what's something that's stuck out to you the most? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, uh, I, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe my first day on the job for myself, you know, uh, um, you know, just kind of like, wow, you know, I made it, I'm here, you know, it's a blessing, um, a lot of hard work to put in, but there's a lot of football memories that that's, it's, it's insane. Again, like I say, we're, we're with the guys a lot. So you, 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 you have a lot of great um, moments, guys, you know, runs, catches, throws. Um, but just uh, it's a lot. That's that's a hard one. I don't think I don't know if I have a favorite one uh, per se, but I just I do remember my first day. You know, I, I went in, I was dressed all <laughs> clinically, you know, had my polo on and they're like, man, where are you going? You know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not the clinic. You know, I got my polo shirt in, pants, shirt tucked in. And it's like, man, you know, what are you doing? It's the NFL, you know, it's a little bit more relaxed. So but other than that, it's, it's pl- plenty, plenty of good memories. Gotcha. And so uh, last question before we get you out of here, um, do you have any advice for any aspiring sports PTs um, that may want to be in your position or, you know, just want to work in, in higher level sports in general? You know, I, I mean, go for it. That's the main thing. Go for it, you know, network um, as much as you can. You know, it's a lot of volunteer work. You know, man, I've, I've done so much volunteer things with the senior bowl, uh, any any type of activity uh, I can get my hand in that's involved around that sport, you know, just you know, go after it, you know, be be patient because it, you know, for some people it doesn't happen overnight. I don't think my path was overnight, you know, but I, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel if I kept doing the right thing. So just just stay focused, you know, reach out to people, you know. Um, Talk, it's, it's good to, to talk to individuals and get their paths and, and get some ideas on things you need to accomplish. But I think the main goal is just to stay focused and 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 and, and just put put all pull all the tools in to one basket and go for it. All right, yeah, I think you know that's simple advice, but you know everyone can follow it because uh, sometimes it can get discouraging. Uh, but you know, just keep your head down and yes. keep working. Um, Jamal, this has been great. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug before we get you out of here? No, I'm good, man. <laughs> no, thank you. I just I appreciate you reaching out to me. And um, nah, just thanks for having me on, Chase. I re- really appreciate it. All right, perfect. And this has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast.
Huge thank you to Jamal Randall of the Atlanta Falcons for coming on and sharing your experiences of working in professional sports. If you liked what you heard from today's guest and want to hear more episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you may be listening. Oh,